You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as all of Nicole's wonderful podcasts, and joining me on the other line to talk about the last, maybe the well, I guess it's the latest, but maybe hopefully the last frenzy move for the Pacers is offseason. And Mr. Tony, some Forbes.com, West Indianapolis News. Tony, how are you? I'm great. I've been obsessively checking all the transaction wires, checking with all my my source people in the league to try to figure out what the deal with Keelan Martin is. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Who's that song by? The, the Clash, right? Well, should I stay or should I go? What's up, everybody? Tony East here. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, as you just heard from Adam in the intro. And I am on my phone in my car because me and Adam originally recorded this last night. You'll hear us talking about Keelan Martin a few times throughout the show and the time of day and his guarantee date had not been changed yet at that time. But at the 11th hour, the Pacers got it in, and he has a new guarantee date just before the regular season starts in mid-October. So I'm re-recording this segment by myself in my car. Uh, so that's why it's on a phone quality and not without him. But anyway, this kind of was the situation that always made the most sense to Adam and I for Keelan. Because if the Pacers, again, as we've stated with him, didn't want him at all on the team next year... They would have waived him already. They've had options to do that for months now. And if they fully wanted him on the team this season, they would have guaranteed his deal. They've had two deadlines to do that now. But we learned from the first deadline that, you know, they kind of want to figure out some flexibility options and have that non-guaranteed last roster spot, which is why they pushed it back originally. And they haven't been able to find a deal to clear money elsewhere that would give Keelan a better chance to make the team. So pushing back his guarantee date has always felt like the best thing there because Keelan, they like him enough that they want to allow him to compete for that last roster spot to be the last guy on the Pacers, to be that wing depth guy who was really awesome for them in the last 15 games of the season. But they also want that battle for that last roster spot, right? We've heard from the Indy star that Kiefer Sykes is a guy they like to push for potentially a third point guard spot at the end of the team that Dejan Giroux on a two-way, you know, is in there to battle, right? They've got all these camp guys in. They want that battle. They want that non-guaranteed spot for both flexibility reasons and luxury tax reasons. So pushing back Keelan Martin's guaranteed it again to mid-October, right before the regular season, which, by the way, was my official prediction on Monday, makes a lot of sense for the Pacers because now they have that flexibility option, right? Keelan can play in preseason, prove his value to a new coaching staff in Rick Carlisle, who that you know they've met before they chatted in Vegas uh, when Keelan was there for Summer League, but now he can play in front of him. He can play with a team he's familiar with in camp, right? He still has that option to do all that while still giving the Pacers the options they want, which is, you know, maybe we want a third point guard to make this team. We'll let them battle and camp for that spot. Maybe we want to convert some guys to a two-way and convert some guys down. You know, they have a lot of options in that way. And by pushing Keelan's date back to just before the season, they now have all those options. And training camp becomes now all the more interesting, right? And it's much less likely Cassius Stanley would get a training camp spot. Now that they have Keelan in on the wings, they still have one more camp spot available, so it's still possible. But I would say it's less likely, but not impossible. You know, he apparently has that outstanding invitation from the team. But, you know, Keelan on that depth wing, on that non-guaranteed deal still has a slot. But, you know, there's only one spot left for camp. We'll see what direction they go positionally there, I suppose. A wing guard makes some sense. But but, but that does, that's not really that important. It's just another factor to consider is Keelan's position 
in all of this. So I think that this was the best move the Pacers could have made. And for Keelan, again, it lets him battle for that camp spot uh, and have a chance to make the team and have a salary next season as opposed to not. And the other factor at play for him with continuing to push these date backs is you just never know what's going to happen. The NBA is so fast and so changing with these rosters and these money situations that flexibility is sometimes good for a player like this who's on the fringes of the roster, right? We talk about Ben Simmons at the end of this podcast because Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer put out a report that Ben Simmons apparently talked to Sixers Brass about not wanting to be there anymore, right? So, like, like that could happen before the season, right? He could get traded before the season, and who knows what salaries gets moved, who knows what teams are involved. I'm not even saying the Pacers will be involved, but just those kind of trades can happen any time. So the fact that a Jeremy Lamb trade hasn't happened yet or the two bigs haven't been split up yet, right? Nothing is definite yet, and there's still a chance for Keelan that even if he isn't amazing in preseason or in camp, to the point that he earns a spot. Maybe the Pacers make a salary-cutting trade between now and the time his guarantee date rolls along. And then, you know, we know they like him some or else they would have already cut him. And then they don't have to. They don't have to make a decision about, oh, we want to guarantee this guy. We don't want to guarantee this guy. Whatever the deal is, they can decide otherwise, right, later on. So for Keelan, pushing it back gives him the chance to compete in camp, like I already said, and, and, and you know, compete with this team, uh, have that camp spot available to him. But at the same time, it gives the Pacers the opportunity to assess everything, to still have the flexibility to move in with the non-guarantee. And right before the season's interesting because, you know, remember I talked with Chad Buchanan uh, earlier this offseason. He said they like or they would like to have that non-guaranteed deal be the last spot on their roster heading into the season. And now if, you know, if Keelan enters the season, like if he makes the team, he would be then on a guaranteed deal, right? So that kind of hurts him a little bit. But he would have earned the spot. So it's, you're a little more okay with having that be guaranteed because this guy impressed you enough in preseason that he guaranteed his deal. He guaranteed his spot on the roster. So I think that that's a, a pretty interesting way for both sides to toe the line here. Um, you know, you're probably not thrilled if you're Kiefer Sykes here that you have another guy to compete with or Dejan Drew, even though Drew already has the two-way. But, you know, camp competition is good and having that non-guarantee certainly a, str- a strong and smart option for for both sides. So I, I think that this was the most likely resolution as we discussed. Uh, and it's even possible that we get right before the season and the Pacers say, Keelan, you know, we want you to be on this team, but your guarantee hurts us. Can you push it back to December 31st? The cut down league wide date will be January 7th, 2022. That's when O'Shea's is. If they say you'll make the team if we push this date back, right? They have that leverage now even, which would be an aggressive power play, but it's still something the Pacers can do to even continue that flexibility because at that point, once you make the team, you're getting checks. Even if you're on a non-guaranteed deal, you're getting paid. So Keelan would be on the team getting paid. And just like last season at the league-wide cutdown date, that kind of stuff can happen. Uh, or, he, you know, we had we had this discussion last year with Keelan at the league-wide cutdown date. Should the Pacers keep him or value that flexibility? They ultimately kept him. That paid off. Right, they would have that decision to make again if they push it back, if they waive him for a point guard or convert a two-way or whatever happens. They have all these options now, right? So pushing this back is good for Keelan because it it gives him a camp spot on a team. It allows him to compete for a roster spot. Uh, It's good for the Pacers because they have the flexibility to either pursue this third point guard with their last roster spot that they've been wanting or have the flexibility to have their last roster spot still be non-slash-partially guaranteed. And overall, it just gives everybody the symbiotic relationship and position that they've been looking for and, you know, still allows the Pacers to have time to make other moves 
that would make life better for both Keelan and themselves. So it's a win-win, right? That's why we we surmised it was the most likely option uh, and why our original recording about, you know, Keelan getting his deal guaranteed, for those of you that have already listened and heard that, uh, this has been revised, uh, was the most surprising option, even though he did, in theory, earn it thanks to his play at the end of last season. So that is the corrected first segment of this podcast. Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files reported the date. I've been working to confirm it, and I just got it, so I will update the pod I have updated the pod for you guys. So yeah, the rest of this pod will be me and Adam. But yes, thank you guys for letting me do an addendum on Keelan Martin. And now we flash forward to Goga's team option. All right, let's take one quick break. And then we're going to talk about Goga and why I've been screaming free Goga for the better part of, I don't know, a month (laughs) and a half now. Um, But first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's kind of embarrassing. This isn't life or death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. I'd rather not worry about it. You'd rather not worry about it, and that's why you should use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most, most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed, wake up the next morning, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Now this might sound too good to be true, but Sweatblock, use it once or twice a week and it keeps you dry the whole time. No more pitting out, nor picking your shirts based on which one hides the sweat better. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, check out Sweatblock. You get a 20, you get 20% off at sweatblocks.com with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, or you can find Sweatblock at Amazon and CVS. And we are also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? Got one device that you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching your, your sports house on your phone. You got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Tony, to get this out of the way, do we think Goga will be traded this this offseason? This offseason? Like before the season starts? Yeah, before the season. Before season no, starts. I do not. Do we think Goga will get an extension? He can't. No, he can't yet, right? He can't till next summer. Next, next summer. Okay. So do we think he'll get traded mid-season? That is possible. Okay. Especially if he's out of the rotation during the season. So in fact, in fact, let me take that a step further. If he's not in the rotation during the season, I would encourage the Pacers to look into trading him. Right. Cause that right there could, could get them the the they flip his they basically trade him away for nothing, right? And then sign a minimum center that basically gets them to the point where they're now like enough breathing in the tax all of a sudden. I would not do that to I would not trade Goga just to get tax wiggle room, but yes, that would be possible. So then what value does he have? I'm just curious what you think his value is. Late first, early second. So but you could okay, so maybe you make that move, right? If you have second round pick basically for him straight up. I mean is that 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 feels just like one it has to be like like it would have to be a second from I don't know Orlando or 
Uh, who else is awful next year? Right, they'll be bad next year. No, 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 Chicago's gonna be good next, be good year. next year now. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it has to be bad, right? The Cavs, but they already have they just signed like Taco Fall today. They have like a thousand bigs. Um, Kings, yeah, who's even gonna be awful next year on purpose? There's not that many. Um, and the, the Thunder, OKC, maybe like that kind of second is a one that I would, if I'm the pitchers, I would need to be willing to do it anyway. The big thing with Goga this offseason, it's the last thing on the ledger for the Pacers offseason, right? After this Keelan Martin guarantee date, they have the veteran extension deadline, which is the day before the season starts, and then Goga's team option. And that's it. That's the last two, like, free agency moves they have to think about before the season starts. And really, there's a little interesting wrinkle we'll talk about here. Uh, But the date is October 31st for rookie extension deadline. So that's actually when they have to decide on Goga. So... What this option is, is it's a year in advance on these rookie skill deals. We talked about this last summer with both Aaron Holiday and Goga. So the Pacers would be picking up. Yeah, yeah, they'd be picking up the team option for Goga's 2022-23 season before this year. Uh, That's how it works with the rookie skill deal. So those guys can have the flexibility in their career. And, you know, usually with these, if, if it's not just an awful player, especially if you're a team over the cap, it makes sense to just keep the guy. Um and again, I don't think that Goga's bad enough that so, you need the tax wiggle room. We learned with TJ Leaf the hard way that sometimes yeah, can I remind making... you of our terrible thing about TJ Leaf. Now, granted, well, the pandemic screwed us. Let's be real. I was going to say, but... hand up. We have to talk about that. I was going to bring that up. You know, TJ Leaf, to me, he was awful, right? Like, you you should move on from him for that reason. But they were so far over the cap, they weren't going to get anything by getting rid of him. But then they would have because the pandemic actually lowered the salary. Cap. Yeah, we, we were like, there's so much space between them and the tax. Anyways, cap's going up. Like, it won't matter, right? Even if they keep him, it's just like the worst case is dump him, whatever, or just keep him in the back of the roster for whatever reason, right? Or cut him, I guess. But like then, yeah, then the pandemic screwed up the cap. So, so, Adam, I don't know if you hear me literally knocking on wood, but assuming things are good in 2021 and 22 for the NBA and their salary cap can go up, Goga at $4.7 million to be your third center is – fine especially if they have to move on from turner sometime in the next year which is certainly a factor in this so to me if they have no plans to play him this season they should try to move him at some point but even a new team receiving him like he showed enough to me and this is actually i've learned a pretty unpopular take amongst some of our listeners but i think he i think goga showed enough to to be retained at that at that final year in his rookie deal i think there's absolutely no reason not to because if you don't pick it up your his trade value just plummet into the way ground. down, way down. Right. I mean, I mean, right now, like you said, it's probably to be honest, his trade value is probably like somewhere between like the 28th and 40th pick. Right. If they could, yeah, you could like ideally have a pick if we were actually in a draft and like trading a player, what could you trade him for? You could probably get somewhere in that range. Now, if they trade him mid year, you'll be kind of rolling the dice on what pick it could be theoretically based on what the team's record is. Um, but I just think the minute you don't pick up his option, he is literally, he's like, Almost untradeable in a way. Untradeable. Has- you know, you know the rule because of Solomon Hill, and I know yeah. a lot of our listeners do. But with these rookie scale guys, if they don't have their fourth year picked up, the team that has them then cannot offer more than that fourth year amount would have been on a new deal for the fourth year. So teams yeah. don't turn down these team options and then turn around and give the guy max earlier. Um, so that's the, that's to prevent that loophole. So if they decline it and then trade him, his new team in turn cannot offer that oh, more money I deal. I just figured his trade value would be plummeting because what team would want to trade from them and pay him right right away? Yeah, yeah. Well, they summer. can't. They can't pay him, and yeah. and other teams can. Right? Solo got the big deal from the Pels. Um, so that that that's 
super like nitty gritty, but it's another like, don't turn it down if you want the guy to have a little more trade value option because then he's cheap for two years. The other team has all the control of his restricted stuff. Like if you wanted to move him on from him, I even think you pick it up. Yeah, It's only 7.7 million in total. That's nothing to swallow for a team that actually wants him. So to me, if you want to develop him because you think he's good and you picked him 18th and he's grown a bunch in his 80-something NBA games. And by the way, he's only played 80-something NBA games and has had the like absolute worst off-court luck of any and he's been in terrible lineups too he's playing these weird lineups yeah any sense so like look if he's if he's terrible this year and he doesn't pop or he doesn't look like he's gotten any better like yeah maybe you can move on from him and and trade i think no i just uh, yeah you're never gonna know because you have to be playing next like most of the time yes if they do deal him mid-season for a very low haul we we can grow the process of that pick to now, I still believe he can be good someday. And the Turner clock ticking at the same time is where I want to end this at because, like, if they're maybe there, you know, we talked about with Keelan getting guaranteed, they have to make a midseason trade. Maybe Turner's their midseason trade. And if he is, then they'll be really glad they pick up Koga's option because not only will he be the backup center, he'll be important next season. And then you have your cheap depth. And that's the kind of the point of nailing first round picks, right? So that's another factor at play that makes me think they should pick it up is it'd make that easier to develop next year as well because he could be the backup behind Sabonis. Then I know you have Isaiah Jackson. They think he can play the four. I think he can too. No issues there. So to me, I I mean, unless we're anticipating another pandemic just killing the league finances or another scenario, I don't really see a reason to turn it down. So are are you waiting for the era when it's – Koga and Jackson as the this as the next generation Sabonis and Turner, uh, yeah. two guys who probably should be playing five or one playing four out of this. We, Adam, it's almost over. We the Pacers have almost passed the crux of two bigs onto the Cavs. The Cavs now have Evan Mobley, who they just drafted their overall, Lowry Markinen, who they just and gave traded for four years, seventy million to. Uh, Jared Allen, who they just gave four years, a hundred million to. Kevin Love uh, and Taco Fall on the same team. So. Uh, that team is now go- approaching the Pacers' level of bigness. Yeah, but that so- team isn't really trying to win, I don't think. Maybe they are, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like they are versus the Pacers are like... Understood, understood difference. They're trying to win for three if, years. If Turner is traded, the new like the new, the new new takes will be the Cavs of the team loading up on the centers. Can this work? Can these? Can Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen play together? Can Evan Mobley and Larry Markin play together? So we'll find out. I, I think his options almost like a guarantee to be picked up. I mean, I, I wouldn't I put it at a hundred percent, but I would put it in, in the high nineties. I mean, just okay, Leaf, man, you never, I'm never going to say hundred percent on a rookie option again. Yeah. I mean, Leaf just wasn't good. Gogo, I think, like you said, is can probably be good. And we just haven't seen enough of it. My thing is, is like, he needs to, I, I just feel bad for him. I mean, I think he's had really bad off the court luck and he deserves to go to a team where he can at least like play what 15, 20 minutes in the backup center. And it doesn't be a good team, but just a team. And like, at least show that like, develop his three-point shot develop you know you know get put into tough matchups on switches and see how he does against that like he just hasn't developed any of like the the like over time that you develop to become a good nba center because like it takes like especially as a, as a european player coming over to the nba like there's a lot of changes that have to have that kind of happen and so you just need to play minutes to develop right it's just hard right. it's a hard thing to do i mean you can see it through like guys like canner struggling when he first came in mean, most most of the european centers are young as well but like it it just takes time to develop into like as a center in general into a good player. And right now, all what's happening is his like growth seed is being delayed. Right. So by if he gets picked up and he's in the team the next two years and they don't make any other moves, basically he won't be able to like develop until he's like 22 when he should have been happening in this like 20 to 23 age range. Right. Right now. So 
I just feel bad for him, frankly. Um, and that pick, I mean, that is like, that's going to go down as like just too early, too early. Yeah. I mean, it is too early, but like the same time, I, I got to look at the draft. It was 2019 draft again. I, I always, well, I have the 2019 draft up. I was going to talk about this. Okay. The I say, there's some, there's some guys that went game. after him that were like, you're kind of like, well, that stinks. I think he is 33rd in minutes from that draft class, like okay. from then to now, right? Like over half the guys picked that day have played more than him still. Like he yeah. he's still behind the development curve because again of, you know, he had a really awful off season just now, uh, not able to play in summer league. He missed his rookie summer league with an injury. He had COVID missing his summer league last year. Right? Like I, maybe he's injury prone and that that's a big knock on him and, and picking up his option certainly is a risk in that way. But if he's just had like, one really awful ankle injury. And once he's healthy, he can like actually play in the off seasons and develop. Like he could just had a really unlucky start to his career because he was never hurt playing over in Europe or very rarely. And then he could finally blossom into the guy that was again, very, very good, like statistically incredible in Europe. That's another reason I'm still high in the future. So I, I think they should pick it up. I think that is the last move of the summer and they should pick it up. I, I, I would agree with you. I think the thing that hurts for that, that, that 2019 draft is the 20th and 21st pick, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really care about relitigating drafts, but sure. I know, but it, it just like the fact that I think you like Brandon Clark a ton, and I, I like, I did like Brandon Clark a ton, Thibault. I mean, that's, and I loved where... Grant Williams. I didn't have a high opinion of Thibault, but I was wrong there. He's like one of the best. Yeah, is, is he playing center for the Celtics? Kind of, what is he playing? I mean, Grant, I, know he... I think he'll pop eventually once or three falls. Yeah, he's playing, uh, like the right. So I don't think they need to take Grant Williams, but he just would have been behind the two centers again. So it's not like, well, he can not... play four. He plays four. Yeah, he can play a little more. Yeah. A little bit four than go okay. But yeah, there really but... isn't so, like, outside of that run of players, there's not that many misses behind him. Kevin Porter's one, but like, Every team passed on him for a reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's, I mean, to me, uh, it's, that's like it. Taylor's the other one, the guy we wanted in the locked on mock draft. <laughs> yeah, to, to me, it's the guys that are around him, right? I think Matisse Thibault and Brandon Clark are the big ones. And the oh, reason, course, and I don't think they're like that big that it's like, it just like when they took him, it was kind of head scratching. And so that's why it's like, very, <laughs> if you're going to take this guy, then you have to make room like for him to play, unless you just really don't think he's any good. But then why'd you? take him and it's like right you get him this circle of like either he's not good or you didn't make room for him to play and that's even like kind of worse in some ways so like that's that's the problem is and i, I think that's they, why i tried to squeeze him in my rotations when we did the rotation i know but then it's like then you're squeezing him in the rotation they're just like kind of bad for him in general they're not going to make him look good right like the well if he's not going to look good maybe he's not good <laughs> yeah but I, I'm sorry, but like it's really hard for a center to look good on the bench point next to another center with no shooting around him right i mean you, you put a lineup of him Turner McConnell. I mean, that's like the the floor is like shrink to the max, right? Yeah, he played plenty by himself as the only center, though. They usually had him out there as the only center last okay. year. Okay, well, sometimes injury, right? He, was and he looked to... better last year. Yeah, and when, he, but I, I, <laughs> to me, I guess it's just kind of like they've held on to Turner and Sabonis because they haven't found a great move. But like they had, they clearly had some kind of plan. Like the idea was they would get rid of one of those guys and they move Gogo, and that would be the like transition whether it was they were going to have you know and have like another on the bench you know three-point shooting center was the idea i think behind it um can we talk about young players being bad to wrap this up yeah they just sat on it too long so so here they only they only put up four advanced stats on the draft page on b-ball reference win shares goga who was picked 18th is 18th in his draft class in win shares win shares per 48 minutes played he is seventh in his draft class BPM, box plus minus, maybe my favorite public on basketball reference advanced stat because it matches my test most. He is 17th in his draft class in BPM, one better than his draft slot. And VORP, which is more cumulative, 
he is 17th as well in his draft class in warp. So, right, like, he's not, like, this awful player. Like, this draft that like, he's he's about in line with with a 18th pick-ish guy, and maybe it's the wrong situational stuff, but I don't think he's bad, and I think they should pick up the option and continue to try to develop him. Yep, he's not bad. They just – they should have basically – Picked him out of center, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They should take a center. I mean, he – Imagine if he ended up who was who did pick after this? Like the Spurs are taking him. He playing a ton of minutes right there. Right now, I right? thought I like the intel I was getting near the draft was like I thought for sure he was going to Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe like maybe teams thought PJ Washington was going to go above twelve so that Go would be their pick, but it is what it is. Right, and that's well, they're their team that's looking still looking for a center, right? So yep. maybe long term center. Right? Honestly, if both teams put the players right now, I think P. Washington did better, obviously, because he's actually played. Um, but that would like if they flip the drive, it would ideal for both teams. Like three like times the minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why he's playing 30 minutes a game in his two seasons, right? Something like that. Yeah. Versus Kobe's playing like 10 when he does play <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I just they they need a free Goga, but that's it's just I think I agree. I think the option will get picked up because it just makes no sense not to. Yep. All right, so this. Let's take we're one wrong about Keelan, though. Remember, we we are notoriously <laughs> wrong people. Yeah, we were so wrong about, about TJ Leaf. I mean, we were just not on the on then picking up his fourth year option. Thought, man, it couldn't it couldn't matter. Nothing could happen. They screwed up, and then you know, the world caught on fire. Anyways, let's take one more break, and then we're gonna talk about Ben Simmons and just kind of what's going on with him and how it could affect the Pacers. But first, today's locked on Pacers practice is also brought to you by Built Bar, that wonderful protein bar company we've been talking about for a long time on this podcast. They come in nine delicious flavors like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite one of those nine is a double chocolate one, or the salted caramel one, or even cookies and cream. I'm a big fan of sweet, sweet ones, so I like, like, like a little more chocolate than a little more fruit, but you can get a box today that has all nine of those flavors and two of each, so it's 18 box. I love these protein bars because they're, they're healthy too. They're great for that mid-afternoon kind of snack between lunch and dinner. They're high in protein, so when you work out, they're great to eat kind of you know in a post-workout. They have 17 or 18 grams of protein, not too many calories, 130 to 180 calories, and they're low in sugar and low in net carbs. And right now, if you go to built.com, you put on locked 15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you get 15% off your order. We'll go lot 15 for 15% off at built.com. And we are also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turn, turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open right now at bet online, our website or mobile device and sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. When you use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Be sure to take advantage of this, of their opening day, super promo and make a bet on the Thursday night, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, which will be refunded completely up to $25 for new customers when signing up using the promo code NFL 100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, so I'm going to make sure I, I sort this correctly, but it looks like the, the sourcing on some of this Ben Simmons news is after I got a bunch of pop-ups is Keith Pompey at the right. Southern Choir. And it sounds like Ben Simmons basically is threatening not to show up to training camp. Right, it's what's called training camp, I guess. Um, this offseason, he wants to be traded, and there's a 
tension brewing between ownership, obviously, and him or management and him. Yeah, and Keith Pompey's article in the Philadelphia Inquirer, which I read earlier today, and now the Philadelphia Inquirer has said I'm at my uh, limit of articles. So I have to go off what I read on my phone earlier, apparently. I have reached the limit. Anyway, he had a meeting with like Josh Harris, who's like the team owner and, and Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. And there was Elton Brand. Uh, so a bunch of, of Sixers brass saying that he he would like to be not on the Sixers anymore uh, and that he might not show up to training camp because he doesn't want to be on the Sixers anymore, which makes sense. You know, he has not fit there well as a team that runs through a center and he's a guy who doesn't have a jumper. It's going to be a tough fit. And uh, then they kind of, you know, were not saying the nicest things to him after a game seven loss to the media. So I get why he would be frustrated and potentially want to be traded. Keith Pompey has had the pulse of that Sixers team for forever. Uh, very well sourced with that organization. So, Adam, we return to our stars the Patriots could acquire this offseason podcast. And we talked about Ben Simmons. We both gave a resounding yes. But if. He is available from the Sixers this offseason for trade. I'm assuming you are still on the yes. The Pacers should, if they can, trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah. I mean, how far do you go? So I, I think the issue here is this: the Sixers don't want a center, obviously, in return. So that sort of kind of yep. screws up the fact that, like, there's one center you want to get rid of, for sure, if you're going to make a trade like this. So now are you involving a third team? Or are you just making a trade for him with two players and some picks and just saying, We'll figure it out because Simmons is that good and we got him for four more years. So like, but then again, could he force his way out of, of Indiana if you have like it in a year or two, right? He just did that on a five-year contract. So there's always that possibility. So it's, it's a, it's interesting and tough situation. One of the reasons I've been into him specifically as like a trade piece, that's not so risky is because he has so much time left on his deal that if that scenario happens that you just described, by the way, by the way, we are talking about a guy who made the NBA team two years ago and a guy who was an all-star last, last year. A 25-year-old who was an all-star last year with four years left on his deal. So if this does happen, where it's not like playing for the Pacers, you can trade him and get a lot of it back, plus the value he gave you in the court. Uh, I don't know. I assume at some point, if he keeps getting traded, you lose some of that, right? There's something lost there, right? Like you don't, right? Am I wrong about that? Like the, lose... the loss in value is just what came off of his deal in time, basically, right? Right, but that is something. Unless he's bad. Oh, I don't think it'd be bad, but that is something, right? He'll lose some value just because of the time. Well, the, the biggest time loss is then it becomes that rental situation, which isn't the case now, right? But I wouldn't think that a team thinking, oh, he's, he's demanded to trade off two teams. I don't think, like every team always thinks that they can be the team that finally yeah. convinces the star that this is the organization for them, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know about that necessarily, but I do agree that as time goes on, his value goes down. Yeah, I mean, the thing with me is, you look at the Pacers, right? I mean, they will never, ever, unless they draft this player, get close to touching a player of Ben Simmons' caliber, right? right. Unless they either develop him, draft him, or like hit luck, they have a little depot, right? I mean, when they tra- trade for a guy who wasn't that, it becomes that all of a sudden because of whatever, because he you know, is that, is that kind of player. Um, so like the, obviously you would just trade from and figure it out later, right? It's got enough years left where you can, you have the coaching staff, you figure in place now that you trust, like, and you, as long as you keep, let's say Sabonis, right. You just say, let's get Simmons, Sabonis and figure, figure it out. Right. Or maybe yep. it's like Karis is the guy you want to do. You have whatever. a lot of the same problems in Philly, but you'd be a better team for it. I think. Yeah. And I, and I do think actually it would work a little better because Sabonis is not as much sitting out there trying to shoot threes all the time, the way Embiid is right. And Sabonis is not the high offensive volume player the way Embiid is. Now Embiid is, 
earn that high volume because he's going to score 30 points a game when he's healthy for sure. But like there is, there is some selfishness that I think can make it work a little bit better because Sabonis isn't as like taking 20 shots per game or whatever Embiid took last year um, somewhere in, in, in that range. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's what you decide. So then you just, and maybe this is part of a bigger move where you finally like, you know, discuss changing your timeline, right? Cause we know the Pacers are on this two year timeline. It feels like, right. Well, maybe they've trade for Simmons and they, that changes that trajectory. And maybe, you know, you just decide to completely change the franchise for one, you know, instead of running it back and running it back, this would be like a big move or maybe you send Turner somewhere else. And then you make the move for him using Levert and barrage and some picks or whatever the money works out too. And maybe that's the move you end up making. Right. And then you just have Simmons bonus and a bunch of stuff that you kind of figure out as time goes on. Yeah. There's a lot of, of things that would change if you acquire a guy like Simmons, given his skill set and how the Pacers are built right now. But that's that that's kind of like, a, you know, we go back to our good problem to have quote that we've had a lot with this team this summer. It's like, oh, darn, you have to figure out how to fit these other ball handlers around an amazing ball handler or like a really, really good distributor who can set up guys at, at a ridiculous level. Right. So I, I would imagine there would be tweaks similar to the ones you described. And some of those guys would be in a Simmons trade. Right. Like Philly's not going to take Turner or Sabonis plus stuff for him. Right. One, because that's not enough. But two. They don't want a big, so there'd be a third team there. Or the Sixers would like, I think like Brogdon is like perfect for them. My God. And Karis would help them a lot as well. Like they're going to want one of those guys in a deal. And, uh, you know, now you have Duarte, maybe his trade value is an interesting piece here that that, that, that could make this work as well. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of tweaks that would happen on the roster if you do get a guy like Simmons in it. And uh, maybe he's maybe he's at the level where he can say, I like this, this and this team. There's been some reports that he likes. Three California teams. Um, sorry, Sacramento Shocker. Kings. I'm, ass- I'm assuming you are the fourth team that is the non-desirable California team there. If I'm wrong, Ben Simmons, I apologize for incorrectly. I don't speaking. think he has that much leverage, right? He has no, I was going to say, I'm surprised he has that that power given how long is left on his deal. And yeah, like, I mean, he was I- like, like, look, I've been propping him up because he's amazing, but like he kind of cost them that series against Hawks, right? Like you, you're not at the level where you can do that. <laughs> yeah, he's not Anthony Davis. If the Cavs give the Sixers the best offer, they're going to do it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like this is more like a Kawhi scenario where, where that in that scenario, Kawhi had a lot of leverage when you're left, but San Antonio just wasn't going to make the deal that Kawhi wanted, so they had the leverage because they were willing to kind of do do that. I think you're kind of saying it kind of worked like, out for everybody too. Yeah, where like I think Simmons can, I think force his way out. I think I think any player can force his way out of a situation because he just refuse to play and make it miserable, and that's enough, right? It's just like no one wants to deal with an internal drama, right? But once he gets, I think he can't probably control where he gets moved unless his agent, who's Rich Paul, right, has enough to be able to be like, if you trade for him, you're never getting one of our players again, right? Maybe that's how it works. But like, I'm not sure what Cleveland would say to that because like Cleveland has already lost a Rich Paul client in the past. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I just Pacers wise, would you give up both Levert and Brogdon for him? I would. Okay. No, question. that to me is where it gets interesting because I think I just don't know where your team looks like in two years. If you're but I'm unpopularly high on Ben Simmons, and I I acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, I guess my concern is like then you just you still have a mediocre team in two years because it's just Simmons, Sabonis, whatever you trade Turner for. I think because you will have to trade him in that point. But yes, like, do you have enough enough starters to put together a good enough team? Maybe you do because Simmons is that good. You have an All NBA guy handling the ball all the time. Like I think that would make your team very good. Yeah, I just would be concerned about you can't really make any more moves, right? Because you're capped out pretty much. So, like, do you have like 
it's when then it's like you should have just resigned McDermott then kind of stuff, right? I mean, that's where it gets like who's going to be your so then you're going to bet like Roland Duarte could be something maybe, and then you're I don't know, it gets kind of the bet, you know, then you're starting, you're like starting, um, for set at this point, maybe Justin Holiday. Then I don't know if that's I feel like that's kind of concerning, but maybe not. I don't know. I would still do it. I like the value there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I want to add good. Jason Dumas, who has had some. Uh, he is the sports director at Cron 4 News in San Fran. So understood that it's weird that he has connections to the Philadelphia 76ers, but he has had some correctly sourced reporting on that team uh, in the last two seasons. He said there's a high chance Tyrese Max would be a part of a Ben Simmons trade as Rich Paul trying to get those guys out of Philly. Uh, if that's the case, then I'd throw it even more because one, if you'll recall, I had Tyrese Max two starters, yeah, five in that draft two years ago. I thought he was going to be awesome coming out of Kentucky, and two, he's only a second year player who's really good. So then you're all of a sudden you're willing to give up a lot more. Yeah, Max for two guys who can be starters. So yeah, of course you give up. Yeah, give yeah anything. Here you go. You can have two it. starters for two starters right away. Great. Here you go. That's the four the four players for sure. Starting after that one. So. My Simmons take is basically like any player would be on the table. And I, I don't want to go ridiculous on the picks. I understand his limitations, but I, I, would, I would give up a lot for him. Yeah, I, I guess I just like I get concerned if you go up too much and too many picks. Do you then hinder yourself from actually putting together like I'm not even saying a change of roster, but like a roster can make it the conference finals. Right. I mean, maybe Simmons and Sabonis together can do that. But I, I feel like they need a little bit of something else to go with that. And I just don't know what else it could be. A shooter. Yeah. A shooter. Oh, Adam, you know Shre- I thought you said shooter. You, mean, you said Schroeder. No, I said a shooter. I did oh, say. a shooter. Okay, I thought you meant have you uh, Have you looked at the clock, Adam? Uh, it is now uh, 12-1 Eastern time. Yes, it is. It is, uh, it is 9-1-2021, which means Keelan Martin has $1.7 million coming his way next season. Yeah, in pieces. I remember over 82 games. <laughs> over over several ones. paychecks, yes. <laughs> so it's like, like 20000 a paycheck, I think. Good for him. <laughs> yes, Good he is. Good for we talked about it at the beginning. He entered. I got nothing else on Simmons. Basically, um, beyond I think I would give up anything for him. Yeah, I think it'd be funny to watch what happens. I just think that it's a kind of both both sides are very. Who will like, blink first? Yeah, pretty much because like Simmons wants out and Philly wants the moon. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're not getting the moon. Yeah, but also Simmons show isn't going to California. Value. Also, Simmons is not going to California unless somehow Anthony Davis is ending up in. Uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, the the <laughs> way the six the only way the Sixers get lucky is if they call us bluff and they let them sit through camp and they never make him show up, and then the Blazers just absolutely suck to start the season, and then Dame requests a trade. That is how they win. That's the only way I see them winning as the um, Sixers situation. I mean, could they get Clay Thompson for him straight up? Probably not right now. What? He is a way more value than Clay Thompson right now. Clay has like the worst contract in the league. Yeah, but. He's been playing oh, so two you think, years. So you, so you think Philly says no to Clay Thompson for Ben Simmons? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would say no straight up to Clay Thompson for like any Pacers starter. Oh, because you don't think you don't think he's gonna come back very well. I guess nah, that's fair. That's he hasn't played two years. I don't know. I have to believe that he'll come back and be like maybe not <laughs> maybe not his like peak self, but you know, eighty five percent of it. Clay good was awesome when he was playing. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Clay Thompson. I know. Yeah, Adam, yeah. are you prepared to are you prepared to play, pay Clay Thompson 120 million dollars for the next three years? He hasn't played two seasons. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows, what? man? What? Like, risk, risk, reward. To see it for, for the Pacers at least. I mean, how are they bringing a guy like Clay caliber ever, ever? So you know, maybe take the risk. But yes, I. I how are they get a guy of Clay's caliber? They had one in uh, Victor Oladipo, and then he got hurt. That's true. It's the same situation. <laughs> Anyways, we are digressing on this podcast. Um, let's let, let's wrap it up. 
Uh, on Friday's show, we're going to talk about the schedule. We're going to go through game by game of our predictions. Uh, probably a little too early, to be honest, but we'll do it. Uh, and we'll see who's right at the end of the year. So that'll be a fun show for us. We previously did shows on Monday. We broke, we kind of previewed the Keelan Martin uh, guarantee stuff and talked about some of the other deals that Pacers signed. We've done a lot of off-season stuff throughout the summer, or this month of August at least. So check out those podcasts on this Locked On Pacers feed. We're doing a mailbag next. We're going to look to our uh, Twitter feed for uh, that announcement. You can send in your questions. As always, you can follow this podcast at Locked On Pacers. Me at Freeman on 5, Tony at TSMVA. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. We'll see you guys again Friday. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals 24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.